What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Kyle, happy Monday to you. I was supposed to say that. You stole my vibe. I was getting ready to hype everybody up Monday morning, midnight, if Chris drops it at midnight, hopefully. About Built Bar, this great opportunity, 15, locked 15, save 15% off your next order of Built Bar, and you just rip the rug right out from underneath it. Well, I'll, I'll give you another chance later on. Oh, to do thanks, that. man. Maybe talk to some of our other sponsors. They would love a shout-out. So Cool. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so, so we made the mistake of recording the podcast on Friday before one fifteen in the afternoon on Friday. How, how dare we try to have four, you know, foresight and just try to get a show out early on Friday. How dare we? Yes. Yes. Shame. And, um, lots of things have happened since we recorded last on, uh, Thursday night, uh, for Friday's episode in which we saw the San Francisco 49ers make a massive splash. Uh, they gave up first-round picks in 2021, 2022, 2023 to move up to number three overall in this year's draft. Um, I, I actually saw – I don't remember who it was. But, Joe, how many first-round picks will San Francisco give up to acquire the quarterback that they are drafting? I, this might have been Mike Florio. So, like, take it for a grain of salt. How many first round picks did the 49 three three. Okay. Right. So you're counting the one that they, they use the pick that they use to select the quarterback. There were people that were like legit angrily arguing that they only use two first round. Nope. It's (laughs) like, this is the, this is not debatable. It's the dumbest thing ever. I can't, but, but at the same time, it's like, I think, I think that argument was really rooted in, Somebody offered that for Russell Wilson and San Francisco had spent it to get up to number three for a young quarterback in this year's draft. And for whatever reason, that was just like this incendiary comment that everybody was like, they only spent two first round. Well, no, you still got to spend the pick, right? Nope. Nope. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They, they spent two first round picks to move up. But the full investment into the quarterback is three. Is three correct. Correct. That, That's the correct. way it needs to be correct. phrased. So that so that that obviously was I think the biggest domino. People will want to talk about Miami because they traded twice, but San Francisco going from twelve to three when they were like what? Fourth in the queue? Yeah. Was like a huge win for San Francisco. Yes, assuming that they get their guy at three and he winds up being a franchise quarterback so long as it's not mac jones listen (laughs) oh man there's so many different ways to go with this right so we're we're at that fork in the road we can go a through z right now where do you want to take it it's all you're taking the wheel okay i'm taking the wheel and i'm i'm going i'm going backwards i'm going backwards first of all just real quick how much do you care about trevor lawrence not going to the nfl draft zero same. All right. So what's all... what's less than zero? Because that's that's Negative. the amount of right. Fs that I give that Trevor Same. Lawrence is staying in Clemson to be amongst friends and family. 
Same. So that's all of the coverage we're giving that on this podcast. Over with. Number to two. opt out of going to Cleveland. It's not Vegas or LA. Oh, and no. No, dis- no disrespect to Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland's a nice city. I've been to Cleveland. But, like, what's, like, the allure of Cleveland? You're the number one pick in the draft, and there, there is – that's the allure, right? Being that number one pick, the, fr- the face of that draft Which you'll class. still get. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, like I said, I don't care about it. I don't care. We've already talked about it for too much. It's already – All right, all right. So, <laughs> you, you – to move forward, you went back. So, yeah. now let's put it back in drive. Right. So, back in drive. Okay. What does this say about the New York Jets at number two? This says everything Zach to me. Wilson that they're picking a quarterback, and it's probably Zach Wilson. So, Chris, why don't you take this, this talking point, and then we'll continue. Well, we just have to use the context clues, right, in, in that Schefter reported that the 49ers never got to the point of discussing number two with uh, the New York Jets and Joe Douglas. Is that because they were called and told to kick rocks? Is that because they know that that pick is not available? And then we have the, the added layer to this that the Eagles were actually interested in moving up, and they were interested in moving up 2-3, but only well, if it was for, for Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. And now they're going to be picking 12. So I guess that tells you everything we need to know about whether Zach Wilson would be available at three. Dane Brugler also said he got a text from somebody at the BYU Pro Day who says draft starts at three. Zach Wilson's going to the Jets. So do we know what number he's going to wear for the Jets yet? Are the jerseys available Chris, already? Chris, what in the- number do you want him to wear? Whatever number he wants to wear. No, no, that's not an appropriate oh. answer. What do you want him to wear? What did he – no, it doesn't matter. What I he, don't care about numbers. It just play good quarterback. Okay, can I get a good quarterback, please? Wait, what if he wears 19? Oh, no. The career's over. Right. Like, Chris right. is going to say, I don't care what number you wear, but, like, you got to look 19. good to play good. You can't wear 19. Okay. So, all these teams move up. We learn that Zach Wilson's probably the number two pick to the Jets, which gets us to the San Francisco 49ers at number three. They move up from number 12. And Kyle, listen, if you like trades, if you want to move up and down the draft board, you got to get TDN premium. You got to get it. Yes, you do. Because you can be John Lynch. You can trade future draft picks up for three more years. Wheel and deal. Get yourself in position to get the players you want if you're not a TDN Premium member, I implore you to check it out. TheDraftNetwork.com. It's thirty bucks for the whole year, ten bucks if you want to go, you know, just one month at a time. But it gets you all of those trades in the mock draft machine, in addition to the uh, the trade by trade scouting reports. You get into our Slack channel, over which has four hundred reports. Trade by trade. I mean, we we have a th- a over a thousand into- words apiece. Yes, there's a lot in those, and of course, the Slack channel where you can go and talk draft and football with uh, all the other premium members as well. So check out TDN premium, the draft So the 49ers are at three. I've, I see people that think it's Trey Lance. I see people that think it's Mac Jones. I see people that think it's Justin Fields. And, and the big Justin Fields argument is that Kyle Shanahan coached him at some type of thing in high school. So there's a relationship there. And a lot of people are talking about how much the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan values relationships. So there's that piece. There's the other people that say Mac Jones. Mac Jones is everything that Kyle Shanahan loves in quarterbacks. Processing. Think Matt Ryan. Think Jimmy Garoppolo. Quick release. And then, of course, there's the Trey Lance conversation, which I think is probably the most common route that people think they're going to go. Obviously, a good scheme fit, but I certainly think that he's the most projecty of the three options. But I do think it is one of those three quarterbacks that San Francisco had in mind when they made this trade. 
Well, if San Francisco is being truthful, and it's lying season, so they very easily could <laughs> not be, but if they're being truthful that they're not planning on trading Jimmy Garoppolo, then Trey Lance probably makes the most sense, right? And it's I – I cannot imagine somebody giving up that treasure troves of picks to go up to three for Mac Jones. I cannot wrap my mind around it. Brother, there are people that can. I know I can't. I know you can't. But there are people that believe that to be true. Unfathomable to me. Did we learn nothing from Tua Tagovailoa's transition to the NFL? Tua was okay, but Tua had better physical traits than Mac Jones did other than his height. I agree with that. So, <laughs> it's such an RPO screen and masterful coaching that so often identified and isolated really advantageous matchups early in progressions that like, I don't know, you're just playing point guard and like, there's nothing wrong with that, but like, you don't, you don't give up. No, you can't, you can't give up all that for, for a point guard. I'm sorry. So we're, we're on the traits train. It's either Lance or fields. I like that. The traits. The traits train. Yeah, we're on the traits train. Let's say, let's say hypothetically, it's Justin Fields because of the relationship dynamic. I think that is something that should not be overlooked. Uh, Whatever the the quarterback uh, retreat that Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan all partook in, I think uh, Coach McDaniel, the offensive coordinator there, who was the run game coordinator, I believe he was involved in that as well. And Justin Fields was a part of that. Trey Lance was not. So let's say it's Justin Fields, okay? You have a domino effect now with the other quarterback-hungry teams. Carolina at eight is looking boned because the Atlanta Falcons have the number four pick. And if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, unless Carolina wants to give me equal to what San Francisco gave Miami to move back nine spots, to move back four spots, Mm-hmm. I'm not particularly interested in doing the Carolina Panthers any favors as the Atlanta Falcons. The New England Patriots are looking kind of boned because they're going to have to come up from 15 into the top five if they want to make a play for QB4. How much are you going to have to trade there, Joe? Well, uh, to me, if I'm, if I'm Atlanta at four and I'm on the phone with the Patriots, I say, I need your first-round pick. 15 this year, I need 2022s, and I need 2023. I mean, that's where the conversation starts. Starts. Doesn't finish there. It starts there. Because Miami got a three as well in their trade back with San Francisco. One thing you can bet is that it's going to be an expensive deal. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds and is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it's free to sign up, so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. So, Joe, I think that's the other 
interesting thing about what Miami did was they go back to 12 and then they immediately jump back up to six. And we just got done talking about Atlanta at four and the bind that Carolina and New England, those are the two teams that are most heavily reported to be in the market outside of the San Francisco 49ers are in the quarterback market. Cincinnati does not have a very strong track record of moving down in the first round. Could Miami end up back on the clock at six, having taken the most likely trade-up destination in front of Detroit, Carolina, and Denver at seven, eight, nine, with QB4 still on the board? There's a chance. There's definitely a chance. And Cincinnati, like we've talked about, they don't really move down. It's not been something they do. Atlanta, number four, really conflicting situation with, with Carolina being the lead destination. And does Atlanta want to move back to 15? Maybe. But there's a good chance that at a minimum, Miami has positioned themselves to get the exact same player that they wanted at three, at six. But, oh, by the way, they get, they get an extra one and an extra three because of it. So that's a really good job. But now they could be a very important pivot point in this whole conversation because Miami could trade back again. And if one, if one of those big four quarterbacks are there, you know that they have leveraged that position. Because, dude, there's no other reason for them to move back up from 12 to 6 if they didn't want either the player they were targeting at 3 that they think they can still get or have that position of leverage should a quarterback fall. So they're in great shape. Well, and, and Philadelphia was the spot to trade up. Once they decided they couldn't get Zach Wilson, Carolina, New England, potentially Denver, like Philadelphia would have been the spot to move. And a team that's not even in the quarterback market said, nah, <laughs> we'll take that prime real estate. Thanks. Now, I do think there's some in inherent risk with giving up two first-round picks to move up from 12 to 6 for a non-quarterback. I understand that's been a big talking point over the weekend, and that is a prime price to pay. But if the Dolphins wait out the board and they get there at 6 and Trey Lance is still on the board and Penny Sewell went 5 to Cincinnati or 4 to Atlanta, so you only have one of the big four pass catchers off the board, and QB4 is, is sitting there staring you in the face, you, you, from law of averages, could say, hey, you know, Detroit, if you're interested in a long-term quarterback, or Carolina, if you want to get in front of Detroit and guarantee that they don't pluck QB4 out from underneath you and sweep the rug out from underneath you and you strike out, Miami, mathematically speaking, could still have the chance to draft one of the big four pass catchers and parlay it into perhaps more picks this year. So that pick that Miami gave up to go from 12 to 6, it's their first-round pick in 2022. They are betting on themselves being better yes. than San Francisco next year. Yeah, so, well, it, certainly that is, is a worthwhile point, but they also just want to be good for the sake of well, – I mean, obviously being good, but they want that pick as far back as possible. They're anticipating that they did not just give up a top-20 pick. Right. right. They're, they're, they're right. viewing themselves as a playoff team, and they should. They're right there oh, on the doorstep. So swell. Um. Well. 
So, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think it's fair to have some questions about doing that trade preemptively, but I'm willing to let it play out and see what type of position they put themselves in and uh, what, you know, what at the end of the day, what all of it looks like. But um, Miami just stockpiling draft picks. And so, I mean, from you go back like last year and, and flash forward over this like three-year span, wow. I mean, premium draft capital in waves. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the world's best tasting protein bar on the market for quite some time here on this show. Built Bar is an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. And it is time to decide which flavor is king or queen amongst the Built Bar flavors, courtesy of Built Bar Madness. To follow along with the championship bracket, you can go to BuiltBar.com or Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who claims the title of the most delicious flavor of the world's most amazing protein bar. So, Kyle, where I want to go with this conversation now is talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. because. It's interesting. They were willing to put all their chips in and move up if they, if they can get Zach Wilson. They thought enough of Zach Wilson that he could be the difference maker for the franchise. The alternative was move back. And when you consider the first-round pick that they picked up from Miami, their own first-round pick, and if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps for the Eagles or for the Colts, they have three number-one picks in the 2022 NFL draft. So they are in good position to do a lot of different things. Number one, go move up to get their quarterback. Number two, if Jalen Hurts proves to be the truth, they got a lot to work with to build around him. Or number three, and Shuby, you brought this up in our pre-show discussion. If the Deshaun Watson situation is still an opportunity, if Russell Wilson's an opportunity, a different quarterback. They have what it takes to make that move. Now, here's the gamble. Howie Roseman, his draft history is not great. The only pro bowler he's ever drafted is Carson Wentz. So it's putting a lot back on him to maximize this. Ever. But what's that? Ever. When he was controlling the draft room, the only player that he's ever drafted that went to the pro bowl is Carson Wentz. At any position. That's right. My guy's been there a decade. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's certain points in time where he did not control the, the right. draft. Right. Yeah. Right. So right. when he was controlling he's the been draft. been there a decade. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Good fact. Good tidbit. So my guy has really put the onus on him to, to find the value with these picks, whether that's picking players or trading, whatever he needs to do. But Philadelphia is certainly an interesting spot with, with all the, uh, the moves that were made over the weekend. What's – um. What's interesting is you've seen, you've seen a lot of buzz for however the Deshaun Watson situation plays out. And you've seen a lot of Philadelphia, and they were reportedly interested in him. And this is assuming that all of the allegations uh, against Deshaun Watson are cleared and, or he serves whatever punishment is deemed necessary by both the league and uh, the criminal justice system should pro- charges be pressed against him. 
Um, but if it gets to that point, Deshaun Watson still has a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. He may not be interested in Philadelphia. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad you had mentioned Russell Wilson and like given another veteran quarterback option, because like, that's not an open and shut case of like whoever just has the most first round picks would be able to do a hypothetical trade in that scenario in which Deshaun Watson clears his name or serves whatever punishment is deemed necessary and is able to play football again. Well, and I think there's still that mystery option too, where I don't know last year at this time, if you would have said that there was reasonable conversations about Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson being traded, right. we'd have been, bro, like, you know, that would have been, that would have been get the poop, the poop hat out. You know what I mean? It would be flashing lights and we'd be, we'd be laughing at people. Right. But here we All are. The not for long league. Sure. For a reason. Right. So, but yes, I, I do think Philadelphia well aligned to redirect their franchise, um, which is needed and necessary after, uh, they they kind of had the the ballooning of the cap situation over the last couple of years and tried to maximize that winning window, but uh, they, they really just saw the the young, economically friendly contracts on the team kind of erode away and the depth disappeared. And uh, this is the team that you're left with now. And how Philly moves from here, they'll need those picks to restock the cupboard. I think a, another talking point we have to get into is Sam Darnold. Because if, if this really does signal to us that the Jets are, are going to pick Zach Wilson, and we look at Carolina, we, we kind of look at Denver. We sort of look at New England as teams that are like in panic mode a little bit here when it comes to their quarterback situation. Chicago. Who's Sam Darnold going to? Is there a three-team trade here? Is, is, is the, are the Jets sending uh, Darnold to Carolina and – Carolina is going to send Teddy Bridgewater to Denver and maybe there's some draft picks that change hands here. I mean, like, can you see something like that happening as a fallout to the, to these trades? I think they're going to have to get creative, right. To, to get something worthwhile because we we've seen this with Josh Rosen. Once Arizona made their pick, Mm -hmm. the valuation and anticipation and, and pressure to, to move for Rosen it all kind of came out the window and, and they ended up walking away with, I think 63 and a five for Rosen one year removed from being a, yeah. the 10th overall pick. Yeah. Um, so the Sam has a bigger sample size is no more impressive. Unfortunately, uh, you're hoping that he's not just used goods and completely damaged by the environment in New York, but like we were, we were never talking about, maybe when it, we first hit the end of the season talking about Sam Darnold for a potential number one pick, nobody's giving, nobody was going to give you that. Well, now if we know you're taking Zach Wilson. Why would I give you yeah. two? Right. Thir- especially if it's Carolina 39 Denver's right. at 40. Right. You almost have to do like a two for three swap mm-hmm. and then get something else. If you're the Which- Jets. And if you're the Jets, you have to rid yourself of Darnold, right? There's this do, do good by him. To keep him. Yeah, yeah. For, I mean, seriously. I, at this point, if I'm Carolina, I'm interested in that to some level, right? I mean, I think that Darnold in that spread offense, it would be a good thing. I think a market like Charlotte, you know, not one of the bigger markets. Not, it's not New York City, right? 
good spot for him. Moves the needle for me a little bit. And, and it's not like you'd be so invested in Sam Darnold that it precludes you from doing something else, but at least you have an upside option. We know exactly what Teddy Bridgewater is at quarterback. That's, there's, there's, no, there's no ceiling there. I guess the, the shoe being on the other foot, you can make the argument that there, what's the upside of Sam Darnold in Carolina as well? Genuine question. It, it, you, you buy into the change of scenery and, and him revealing the player New York thought they were getting at number three overall. And not that, I, I think there's a lot of teams that would have picked him right there at three. So you put him in this Joe Brady spread offense with, you know, with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Say, let's go. Sling, so sling, if, sling it around. If you're Carolina and you strike out on quarterbacks, what, where do you, what do you draft? You got, I think at that point you – I've been – yeah, you think about it. But to me, I've been begging Carolina to do a big trade back. And I don't know that they're going to be in great shape to do that. But I think you do you, – you look at Kyle Pitts. You look at – you look at Rashawn Slater. You think about Micah Parsons. I mean, if we're going to be talking about Philadelphia angling for down the road, if Deshaun Watson is available, if Carolina wants to start, if you want to start playing that game, yes, trade back. Do what you should have done last year. Because whether it's Deshaun Watson or somebody else or a trade right. in next year's first round, you, you run the risk of striking out because you don't have assets because you didn't bother to hit the reset button. If you're Carolina, you are praying that Mac Jones is on the board at number eight and that you and can somebody get, loves him. Yeah. You can convince new England. You can convince Washington. Yeah. Pittsburgh. I don't, I mean something like that and be willing to make a move so far back and pick up that extra number one pick because Carolina has done nothing, and I mean nothing, to accelerate the rebuild. They haven't even really rebuilt. I mean, some old players, they released. They didn't even trade anybody. They tried to put a Band-Aid on this damn thing. They have done nothing. And they, they had the opportunity last year. They just sat there and picked Derrick Brown. And Derrick Brown's a good football player, and he's going to matter for them for a long time. But having the leverage and assets in their back pocket to make a move to go get a quarterback is what's been missing. Now, there's – look, I mean, this is year two of Matt Rule. Yeah, they're, they're signed, fine, but they yeah. do need to figure out how they're going to secure this quarterback situation. And the last thing you want to do is not have any assets and give up, like, three years into the future worth all of your assets. And maybe the joke's on us. Maybe they're going to get the rest of this roster to a point that's so good – that whatever quarterback they bring in is just going to be successful because the, the stuff around them is good. But, it, like, right now it's kind of hard for me to, like, continue thinking of them as a 6-7 win team and then always being in no man's land when it comes to really being in position to get a quarterback. Can I ask you guys a question? Yes. I've been thinking about this over the weekend since everything happened on Friday. This is a rarity in the draft cycle over a month out to have this much activity when it comes to moving around inside, let's say the top 15, right? This doesn't happen this early out in the process. This is a very night of day of kind of scenario. Do you think 
because of what we have seen here, that we will see on draft night more teams trade up for non-quarterback-related players because there's kind of this weird thing that happens on draft night where you can kind of get paralyzed by the moment of we don't know if this team wants to trade up for a quarterback. We don't know what this team is doing when it comes to a quarterback. We kind of had the movement now to move up to get a quarterback. Doesn't mean other teams can't do it, but we had our one big move. Does this allow a team that maybe wants to get Kyle Pitts or wants to get one of these receivers, does it give them now the clearer mind and the clearer picture to be able to pick their landing spot to move up to get a non-quarterback player? Probably. Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think of the last time we saw this early movement. The, the 2016? Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. When, when the Rams and Eagles traded up to one and two and both of those were in March? For Goff and Wentz. So this, I mean, this really does, it pushes everything down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you're in a little bit closer strike zone. And I think there is going to be, there will be a dynamic this year that I think teams' boards will be smaller and the players they're really comfortable with drafting will be a smaller list. And so if they have a lead on a guy that they really like, that they feel like they have the right intel on, and okay. they're giving up picks this year, I think we'll see some of that. Yep. I don't know if you give up future picks, though. That would make me nervous. No, we've talked about this for a couple months. The anticipation that some teams are going to, I don't want to say punt, but they'll be more than happy to reap benefits into future years in the draft, especially with the free agent market being as oversaturated as it is, as players that will sign on cheap one-year contracts so that you can have a more standard pre-draft process that you're going to be more comfortable with the information that you have on the players and let other teams buy up the picks in this year's draft and make the selections. We still got another month. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're going to want to make sure you hit subscribe on the draft dudes podcast and follow along for all the fun. We're live tonight on YouTube. Our friends at Panini we got a deck of cards. We're going to randomly draw them out. Whatever player is on the card is the player we're going to do a three-round mock draft on on the Draft Network's draft simulator to try to help that specific player. We have no idea who they are at a time, so it's going to be very spontaneous, very fun. We'll take your hot takes questions throughout. Make sure you don't miss it. YouTube, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Draft Network, and we will be back all week long with four more episodes this week, so make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast. Kyle Krabs, Jormin, and Chris Schubert, thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope to talk with you again soon.